Jin and Gortney Shepard finally tie up the remaining loose ends for their squadmates. On the Citadel, the commanders engage in some icky backroom police politics and shoot a guy in broad daylight. In the migrant fleet, they meet Cal Rieger. Oh, and also help tally out with some tree thing, I don't know. and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today on episode 400... No, I did it again! (laughs) (laughs) It just feels like, you know what, though? What? It may not be our 409th episode, Uh but it is the one-year anniversary (gasps) of when we first started releasing episodes. And that's why it feels so long now. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. I mean, considering we we started playing the game like two and a half months before we actually mm-hmm. released the podcast. Mm-hmm. Started recording wow. also many months before we released yeah. episodes. Um, yeah, here we are, yeah. recording the week the episode comes out. Yeah. How far we've come. <laughs> so wow. goosey-goosey now. That's thrilling. Hey, if you've been listening for a year, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Wild. Yeah, that's great. I didn't have anything for an intro, so that works out wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the 409th episode of the podcast. We'll be talking about Mass Effect 2, uh, Garrus, Thane, and Tali's loyalty mission. So if you've not played those and you wish to remain unspoiled, do not listen to this episode. Otherwise... Hello, Kim. How's the bullshit today? Ah, uh, the bullshit is fine. I don't, there's nothing, well, there was no way to finish that without it being gross. <laughs> today, I would like to talk to you about the 10 most interesting, or in some cases, out of pocket revelations okay. from the okay. Mass Effect art book. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah, we're going specific to Mass Effect 2. But yes, I I purchased the art book a few weeks ago and I was like, this is right. super interesting. And some of the things in here are just completely out of line. And um, <laughs> completely out of line. <laughs> I, I just I wanted to share them with you all. So I picked mm-hmm. my my 10 favorite fun facts or uh, things that make you go. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> let's let's dive in. Um, Amazing. I tried to organize these by game order sure so we're starting off with uh the section on project lazarus uh that was okay. the, the project that brought shepherd back to life it says the lazarus research station and it, it just has some photos concepts for the lazarus research station where shepherd was restored to life the cerberus station showed a more human approach to architecture one that is not as clean and refined as asari environments cerberus interiors went with a white black and orange palette which tied in which with the cerberus logo sure i think that's so interesting because it's not something that i noticed ever um that there are like differences between asari and human architecture but now that they mm. mention it and I'm like, oh, yeah, like there's just more stuff going on in the human environments. There's like, hmm. I don't know, more like it, even if you look at some of these. See, like, oh, wow. OK, just yeah. Like more stuff going on in there in terms of like, yeah, random pieces of metal and railings and shit mm-hmm. and textures. And it's just not as like clean. Well, they have to be OSHA compliant. So that's very true. <laughs> it's very true. Um, next up. We have the page on Miranda. And Just it, a whole page on Miranda. Well, no. Oh. 
it, it is a page on Miranda and Jacob. And let me, okay. Jacob gets like a couple of sentences about like his armor. Man, they couldn't even make Jacob more interesting in the book where they're supposed to. Dude, Miranda gets less. No, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's, if it's art specific. Yeah. Let's, let me yeah. let me read to you the, the part about Jacob, just so just so you can compare it to the part about Miranda. Okay. Jacob's armor and clothing helped define the iconic look of all Cerberus clothing. Some concepts were fully mm. armored, while some were cloth or a mixture of cloth and armor. Helmets and breathers would be mandatory on airless or toxic planets. Ultimately, a small respirator was chosen to allow for greater expressivity from the digital actor. Cool. Is Miranda's just like, we wanted her to look hot. <laughs> yes. Concepts... <laughs> concepts for miranda's body and clothing tried to balance sex appeal with a come uniform on. befitting a cerberus officer come on that's it that's all they have to say about miranda and by the way some of these concepts are fucking wild one of them is just fully open chested um what? like more uh, not fully but like it's sort of like the like samara's like design but like oh, oh. even more um, what the fuck? Yeah, there's another one that's just like it's in it's inexplicable. There's like panels and then like skin in between. It's just it's insane. It's insane. That's why so why fun. does she need sex appeal at work? She doesn't. She's already made to be the sexiest yeah. human woman alive. Right. So like why? <laughs> the one other know? thing I will note is that in this concept art, she is in fact blonde, and I don't know why we didn't what stick with it because it it looks better even in these like really basic concept art. That's so interesting. Maybe they. They cl- I, it seems like I something know, they though. must have changed. I just don't know why. Maybe it was because maybe it's because they didn't want a blonde haired, blue eyed woman on the like borderline fascist ship be one of your main companions. Oh, my God. I just had a brainwave where I remembered. I think I heard once that blonde hair is supposed to be like less common in the Mass Effect universe. Sure. Because sure. it's a recessive gene and it's like right. become less and less common sort of as like human culture has become more homogenized or whatever. Um, sure. Yeah. It seems like this is maybe derived from if this uh, random comment on the GameSpot forums from 10 years ago is to, be- to be believed. Apparently one of the novels, um, a character ruminates on how blonde hair is uh, now unusual. But wouldn't you want that in like your yes! like yeah, that's genetic a really specimen good... that you're creating? Wouldn't you want some like Yeah, you'd want it to be interest? like, damn, and she's blonde? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Next up, let's talk about Tim. Please. I'm really curious about Tim. Tim, they have some interesting stuff in here about Tim. Uh, it was decided early on that the elusive man's face would be based on a, quote, catalog model, though in his. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. I kind of love that. It's it is very much like that, though. In his 50s, the elusive man doesn't show many signs of age as improvements in medical technology mean that even a hard drinking smoker would still look fairly fit. <laughs> <laughs> so i love that it's canonical that it's like yeah this guy's this guy's just like fucking don draper essentially yeah a lot of attention was paid to the implants in his eyes the intent being to give him a subtly inhuman look the challenge sure. with the elusive man's suit was to create a futuristic outfit recognizable as a suit but not confined by any particular decades fashion mm. we wanted to give his appearance a timeless feel his open shirt was included to strike an informal note that said i can do what i please <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. So nothing to do with the elusive man's sex appeal. That's pure power play. 
I mean, I think there's a lot to do with the elusive man sex appeal when you think about it. I know, it. but not called out in the book right, specifically. Right. Oh, yeah. No, there is nothing. There is literally nothing in any of the descriptions of man characters about sex appeal. Not a one. Um, yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Miranda's is not the only description of a female character that sure. talks about sex appeal. I love that uh, that note about the the suit though yeah. cuz as you're describing it is kind of timeless like mm-hmm. you can kind of see elements of you know I don't know shit about design or clothing design or whatever but like you can kind of see elements of like previous eras mm-hmm. you know suit designs and stuff in in his suit but it's also still kind of futury right I don't know. yeah there were also a few things about um the room that he's in they said the artist created a piece with him watching a, a dying star creating the feeling that he completely controls his environment the room is empty giving no hint of where he lives instead of phones or monitors the elusive man is surrounded by holograms showing that he is connected to a vast web of information the f- this is great the fact that he only communicates to Shepard through these holograms again gives a subtly inhuman feel he sees facsimiles of people rather than the genuine articles wow yeah deep wow yeah deep tim lore deep tim lore okay so next up uh let's talk about the normandy sure so um you know they talk about how like oh we did we had to destroy the normandy but that meant we could you know rebuild it better Mm. the the thing that i thought was really fascinating we wanted the normandy to have a muscle car element to its paint job and to feel more aggressive than typical concepts for spaceships or fighter planes (laughs) already very cool originally We proposed that the player could have up to five levels of customization for the Normandy's exterior, but this was cut since it would mean space scenes would not benefit from the spectacular quality made possible by pre-rendering. Sure, sure, sure. It's like, I'm torn about that one because I'm like, yeah, I see why, but also customizing my little spaceship would have made me so happy. Oh, that could have been a really cool. I mean, I know this wasn't the point of Legendary Edition, but that could have been a really cool addition in Legendary Edition of mm-hmm. like, you get to customize five things on the yeah. Normandy ship, you know, because yeah. pre rendering technology has come so much further in the last 11 years. Right. There's also just this little snippet that I enjoyed. Um, for ease of navigation, the interior had to be familiar for players. It felt like a higher tech version of the SR1 with more space and rooms for the quote, dirty dozen, the key party members that joined <laughs> Shepard and Mass Effect 2. Oh, I shit. I love that they have a nickname. That's so good. Yeah. I love Dirty Dozen. I think that that is great. Oh, man. Yeah, that rules. Okay. It's Thane time. Yes. So there's a lot in here about Thane, um, I guess, because it's like this is the the concept not only for Thane, but like all of the drill. Yeah. So some interesting tidbits. Uh, In the early passes at Thane's clothing, we debated whether to give him tight clothing suitable for an assassin or a loose fitting jacket that spoke to the image of a professional. Variations Mm. on Thane's face included a mannequin like perfect human appearance. But this was considered off putting for a character intended as a potential romantic interest. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I love how we went from nobody's going to want to fuck the aliens to the people are going to want to fuck the aliens so bad. to make that we can't aliens. make them perfect humans <laughs> yeah yeah um now uh that first part about the jacket uh we're gonna come back to that right now okay. closing in on the final concept the artist used an open collar look for a rebellious vibe early attempts to remove the jacket because of animation concerns ended up destroying the entire design <laughs> oh <laughs> so they, shit they tried to take off thane's jacket 
jacket and he was like no the fuck you won't yeah <laughs> Which, like honestly i love the jacket i think it was the right move to keep it on it it's so distinctive um yeah it rules yeah oh we love our lizard man um yeah next up let's talk about jack there is yeah. a lot on jack as well um it, it, <laughs> they have to retroactively justify giving her just a belt the vibes on jack's page are very much like someone was so into this um, <laughs> oh no not even like i mean sort of in a bad way but also just in the way of like someone just like thought about this so much a lot um, yeah sure so first of all, there are like con- there's concept art that is just she is fully tits out like she has nothing, nothing covering her chest at all. Sure. Um, and uh, more on that in a moment. Jack is a punk. OK, sure. With sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, is she? Um, anyway, yeah, what? Early okay. variations focused on that. Her pants, which are part of her prison uniform, were rolled down to reflect Jack's unique sense of style. Sure. Uh, her tattoos cover her scars in a deliberate attempt to write her own story and erase the pain of her past. Um, they say an actress's head was scanned to serve as the model for Jack's face. It was okay. decided that Jack needed a shaved head for a genuine punk feel rather than making her a supermodel with ink. Sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we can't make her too pretty because she's got to be punk. I mean, the shaved head is a sick look. I it is, I'll, yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't hate it. I just think it's funny that it was decided on because otherwise she'd be too pretty. Right. Yeah. Not because like she's in prison and sometimes they shake right. heads in prisons. Um, anyway. Once it was decided that Jack would be clothed in tattoos, various directions were explored for how to tell her right. backstory through them. We also sought ways to best show off her tattoos while covering her chest to some degree. Sure. Okay. Concerns about how exposed she was <laughs> led to some of these changes. <laughs> We're going to make so <laughs> such fucking cool tattoos that you have to see her. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You never in game find out what any of those tattoos mean. Like yeah, she tells you like, vaguely, but like the, and they're not they're, like, I got to be honest. They're not. They're not very good tattoos. They're they're fine. They are just like it looks like they wanted her to have a lot of tattoos. Right. So they gave her a lot of tattoos, which I think is fine. Mm hmm. But, but yeah, a lot of it is like, like, I think it looks and maybe it's that it just looks cooler in the concept art than it ended up being just for, sure. I'm sure, like technical limitations or what have sure. you. But like a lot of her tattoos are just like, here's like a bunch of color right here, you know? like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're all kind of just amorphous shapes. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of just. Yeah. yeah interesting. Anyway. Hmm. <laughs> uh, next up, Samara. Great. Samara was one of the more difficult characters to nail down. Her mystic warrior concept led to variations including religious headgear or crown-like adornments to imply royalty. It was ultimately decided that it would be acceptable to have some skin showing due to her armor's (laughs) near-invisible kinetic barrier technology, which was her primary method of defense. Okay. It's like you can just hear like I can just hear the conversations where it's like, I think she needs to show more skin. And it's like, well, she can't. She's like her whole thing is like she's like a super cop. Like she needs armor. Yeah. Well, can we say she has bionic barrier? So that's why her tits can be out. Okay. There's like a whole thing. Like barriers can be taken down. Shields can be taken down. And if you don't have any armor, then right. You're just getting shot, shot right in, the, in the fucking you heart. Have a, a, a big blue target on your chest. Mm-hmm. Christ. There's also so there's like a bunch of of images uh, of her concept art here. Mm. And 
a couple of them have the the low cut thing but obviously there's one that is like very red and very low cut um that looks the most like her her ultimate design and i just think it's funny um the images are good examples of our phase one concept work which we try to get as many ideas as possible on the page supervises with a chance to figure out what stands out about a character and what makes her iconic here it's pretty obvious which outfit drew our eye jesus christ yeah. <laughs> like the one with the titties yeah i mean like i mean we, we kind of talked about it when we met samara like yeah. i'm not against it's her. a cool design it's a cool design it's just like the fact that the justification was like oh i mean you know she's got better yeah. we just have her so like just say you wanted i don't know just say you wanted to show her tits <laughs> i don't know like i would rather it say that than than some kind of like weird kind of back like backing into right. you know like just be honest with yourself yeah. guys you wanted to see blue tatas <laughs> <laughs> sorry no you're right and you should say it uh, next, I want to talk about the collector ship. This one's really cool. Ooh, yeah. The collector ship went through several iterations and was one of the more difficult levels to create. Originally, the ship's design went so far as to have trees and grass in its interior to disarm oh. human captives and make them feel more docile while they were prepared for whatever the collectors are trying to do with them. We then decided that the priority should be that the ship should feel like the collectors actually constructed it. So we referenced termite hills and insect hives for a more packed mud organic feel. Um, yeah, really cool stuff. I remember you saying when we did that mission that it was based on termite mounds. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's like such a great. It's, it's so just clever. so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's stuff like that that makes it like feel so doofus -y when it's like we wanted to make sure that you think she's hot. But it's like <laughs> you guys are so good at thinking of really clever and interesting design. Yeah. And then when it yeah. comes to humanoid women, it's just like it needs to be low cut. Like, Thank you guys. I love this voice. I, I love this character. <laughs> this <is> new. <laughs> <laughs> uh next uh very very fitting for what we're going to be talking about today the migrant fleet mm. Mm. really cool yeah so they they have an image of kind of like the little like garden area that that we're in for a lot of the time in mm -hmm. tali's loyalty mission it says the interior of a live ship that provides food and supplies to the quarian fleet all available space is crammed with car cargo like a caravan filled with hoarded goods they say the heavily recycled air supply gives the atmosphere a hazy glow. And then this is really the, the part that I wanted to talk about. The Quarians follow a vegan diet, not out of ethical concern, but because of practicality. The sure. amount of water needed to hydrate an animal is exponentially more than the amount needed to grow plants. And on a starship, mm. all water would need to be conserved carefully. So interesting. Yeah, that's I just think that's such a good um, little tidbit. That like, Yeah, I think that rules. I mean, the, the Quarians as a race are like just so cool yeah. i mean they're obviously so connected to the the story in mass effect one and kind of just the story of the geth in general throughout the series so it kind of warrants you know that extra level of thought and stuff right. but i think it's just like it's just a really good illustration of how good that these people are at creating this world it's just like really really awesome every time i think about the quarians mm -hmm. and i like learn something new about the quarians i'm like oh that's fucking sick yeah and like it, it makes sense it's like someone really the, the same way i was saying with jack funny enough it's like somebody really sat down and thought about this a lot like this was somebody's yeah. like passion project for a while yeah and it shows yeah. the last bit and i it's kind of a a weird note to end on okay. because i meant for this to be i had 11 things and i was like maybe this would be just like a an honorable mention but then i eliminated one of them because i didn't think it was that interesting so <laughs> we're ending with zaid <laughs> okay 
Okay, okay, um, okay. Yeah, a lot of interesting ideas for Zaid that were scrapped. Early sure. concepts toyed with giving Zaid an artificial leg as part of his battle injuries, as well as a dog companion. Uh, neither what? concept was taken past phase one. We wanted Zaid's clothing to look like a scavenger had pieced it together out of scrap. Succeeded. Sure. We were interested in giving Zaid an artificial leg as part of his asymmetrical look. Many game characters have synthetic legs because of the unique visuals they provide, but prosthetics are difficult when applied to movement. If Zaid limped, the, exp- the expense of an entirely new animation would have been required for him to walk around an environment. That's really interesting to me because mm. Joker walks with a limp. So I don't I don't understand why it's like, oh, we would have needed to to start with an end i clearly don't know anything about game design right um, yeah i mean that i think the difference there mainly is that jo- you, don't, you don't go with joker on any missions so he doesn't have any of like the mission specific animations um talk to me about that in a few weeks <laughs> <laughs> interesting but you know i think uh having a character that you can take on every mission mm-hmm. i guess warrants a bit more attention to to those details and stuff um that's that's really all I could think. But again, I also don't know anything about anything. So, yeah, we'll we'll circle back to that uh, probably <laughs> next week, I think. Cool. Um, Not to spoil anything. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's all I had. Thanks, everyone, for uh, joining me on this journey. And Bioware, please don't uh, sue me for reading parts of the book out loud. It was fair use. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kim, for that bullshit. That's that's really great. Yeah, so we'll post. There'll, there'll be pictures of that somewhere on our Twitter, maybe on the Discord, whatever. There'll be pictures. But you should check out that book. It sounds wild. Uh, Kim, thank you for the bullshit. Very welcome. And before we get into the first loyalty mission today, uh, I just want to check in a bit mm-hmm. on the Normandy. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot here, but basically I went and just kind of did the rounds on post-loyalty mission people. Mm -hmm. Samara says, since joining us, she's realized how much more there is to the galaxy than just hunting Art. Yakshi, which like, surprise. Yeah, girl. So she says, like, thanks for that. That's it. Uh, We go to talk to Jack and ask her to, like, tell us something that we don't know about her. And she's like, "Uh, you know blah 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 i've been through like all this she says i've been through all this shit before like you just want to get to know me so that like, you can just like cut it off later mm-hmm. it's like okay and we ask about uh her history with relationships and she said that she traveled for a while with this this couple uh there it is and, yeah <laughs> yeah um and that something happened and she thought that they were going to turn on her so she just left mm-hmm. um and courtney was like it didn't sound like you really had any evidence that they were going to like turn on you it kind of sounded like you made that up for yourself and she's like no i know how this stuff works mm-hmm. uh she says i'd basically uh, i'd rather be lonely and alive than happy and uh dead uh which is like okay yeah it's kind of uh, and then yeah and then we we call her out i'm like hey you said that you're lonely mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's you must be feeling something and she's like don't try to fucking psychoanalyze me i'll talk to you later bye yeah I'm like oh, okay interesting and that's that's pretty much it that's all the stuff i i really had did you uh talk to marinth anymore um i did uh, uh, n- not here so okay. um yeah the last marinth conversation i i sort of read last episode was the one that was after the last loyalty mission we did cool. so yeah cool. there's a little more morinth but um we can talk about that a little later Great. there is one thing that i wanted to 
bring up that last week I said, oh, you'll get this eventually. And then I yeah. did some research and I don't actually think that you will um, okay. because of who you chose to romance, which again is yes, totally is fine. <laughs> um, so at some point when you lock in a romance, mm-hmm. if you talk to Morden and you're like, hey, can we talk for a bit? He's like, yeah, actually, I've been wanting to talk to you. I know that different species handle stress differently. Um, and, you know, for humans, sex could be a way to uh, like alleviate, <laughs> you know, like to, sure. to work off some stress. But I recommend caution when dealing with whatever. So like it depends on who you're romancing. But basically, Morton gives you a safe sex talk. And sure, it will yeah, it yeah. will vary depending on who who your partner is with I love that uh, Miranda Morden says recommend caution when dealing with Cerberus and <laughs> you're like do you have any advice um, and he's like uh, watch for bugs both <laughs> oh, in the sure. room and you know um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and he says oh you know the her like biotic abilities could have some benefits I'll send you some like pamphlets and videos oh, for God, like man. yeah it's fucked up and <laughs> And you can be like, Morton, are you fucking with me right now? And he's like, (laughs) no, I would never. But it's like, it seems like maybe he is. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he's like, uh, he makes some comment about like how studying cell reproduction is much simpler uh, because there's less alcohol and mood music required. (laughs) Um, But yeah, these are all really fun. There's like super cuts of them on YouTube that I recommend looking up, um, you know, with each one there's like different details like if you romance tally it's like you guys have to be so careful and like (laughs) sanitize everything and whatever because like you could literally kill her um with garris it's like i have creams for the chafing with (laughs) fane um he's like are you like are you sure this is a good idea because like apparently prolonged skin to skin contact between human and drells can cause like will cause a rash in the human and you know she's <laughs> like, like a fucking toad or something yeah. like something with a yeah <laughs> uh, toad of the week and you can shepherd's like well i care about pain like i'm gonna do this whatever um and he's like all right well come to me when you need the cream <laughs> it's just it, it's a silly little thing that they added and a lot of it yeah. is like a little bit juvenile but i i think it's pretty funny um, yeah i love that yeah that's good and i'm sad that i'm not gonna get it yeah because because uh, liara's dlc yeah yeah well and we've already we've already consummated mm-hmm. um or whatever <laughs> um you've already embraced eternity yeah exactly yeah. uh i'm curious well not i'm not i, I don't know i i uh, on, later on the normandy i like didn't fully shut down some romance options oh. but i'm not sure if i inadvertently actually did shut it down we'll talk about it when we get to it but i chose one of the like romantic options and then chose a second option past that window and i don't know if that locked off the thing for me but we'll we'll get there when we get there okay but for now if we're done in the normandy Mm -hmm. let's head to the citadel yeah Uh, back on the Citadel, again, we get this 20-second cutscene of us landing. It's still sick as shit. Mm-hmm. Great times. Uh, and as we are pulling up, uh, Edie tells us that C-Sec has some dirt on Fade, so that we should check with uh, we should check with C-Sec to see if we can get mm-hmm. any information about Fade, who is for Garrus' loyalty mission, and also that 
CSEC could probably help us with th- finding Kolyat, Thane's son. Uh, what order did you do this in? Uh, I did Garrus's first. Okay, cool. Me too. Cool. Great. Uh, so yeah, you go to uh, talk to Captain Bailey at CSEC. Uh, and he basically, you know, we talk about Fade and he says that some of Fade's contacts work down in the warehouse uh, and that we should go find him. <laughs> so we say, OK, uh, so we uh, and also he mentions that Fade works with the Blue Suns, which is just a, you know, an interesting uh, thing. So we head down to the warehouse and we find uh, a Volus with two Krogan Blue Sun mercenaries uh and he's you know we're like hey what's up um <laughs> do you need to help dis- uh, disappearing and garris says i'd rather see you make someone reappear and pulls a gun out mm-hmm. um, and then the krogan are basically like nah fuck this and they like leave <laughs> um, it's like oh okay great cool it's, it's way easier than i thought it would be and so you know we basically harass this this volus until he tells us like okay i'm not fade but like i know where you can find him uh and also name drops uh harkin mm-hmm who was he was from mass effect one he was the csec guy right yeah like was he a commander or something he was no uh, i think he was just like a cop but he was like kind of i don't know he was on leave or something i don't remember what the details were about harkin but you find him in cora's den just being a a mess yes that's right okay he's like the first guy you have to go talk to in in yeah although i don't think Jin ever actually talked to him because i i don't remember exactly the details but it's like depending on what order you go and see the different um squad mates you don't always need to like talk to harkin to find garris so so uh, uh, as f shep if you go talk to harkin he just sexually harasses mm-hmm. you for a whole conversation so that's exciting so yeah we're like oh well that name's familiar i guess <laughs> we gotta go find this gross man uh and we're like why did he do this and he said well you know shortly after all of the sovereign stuff he kind of was like let go from c-sec and so he just used his connections to make himself disappear uh and now is doing the same for other people mm-hmm. for money uh, we're like okay great so we head down to the factory district and like who'd you bring Garris- on this mission oh uh, I brought Garrison Thane. Yeah, me too. And then I brought Thane and Garrus yeah. to the other one. It's um, uh, the boyfriend squad. The boyfriend squad. Yeah. Um, so uh, Garrus, as soon as we arrive at the factory, is like really, really just like perturbed, like annoyed, angry, upset mm-hmm. at everything. Um, and we're, we know we do like another check in. It was like, hey, are you sure that this is what you want to do? Like you want to you know track down harkin and then find sedonis and kill him um and you know we kind of go around in circle not in circles but like we we talk about like what garris is willing to do to get sedonis's uh location and he's like anything short of killing harkin i i would do to like find out where sedonis is so that i could take care of him myself and gortney tried to like talk him down a bit is like i are you sure that like you want to kill this guy because that's like kind of a heavy thing and he's he is just like as he was on the normandy as well he's like no this is this is what i want to do i know what i'm doing i'll kill him and i'll live with the consequences mm-hmm. uh and so i was like okay <laughs> all right there's there's gortney's permission to not like <laughs> uh, you know interrupt this killing is like yeah. look if you're willing to live with the consequences this is your this is your mission we're you know whatever so then we fight through uh the factory there's a bunch of mechs around Mm -hmm. and also a couple of blue suns uh i thought this 
kind of whole like map area was was i don't know at least interesting to yeah. navigate yeah it's um, cool there's a lot of yeah. like cargo boxes and stuff and you're like climbing over them and yes yeah i did find the part where right before you find harkin you have to in succession climb four <laughs> cargo boxes yeah. <laughs> which which involves you covering behind them and then mm-hmm. going over them and then covering behind the next one and then going over that one and I then covering behind the next one i distinctly remember complaining about this on stream <laughs> This isn't game design. Yeah. This isn't fun. This is just <laughs> anyway. Um, I will also say through like the and the video evidence is online, but throughout this entire thing, every time Garrus said anything, I giggled like a schoolgirl. Um, <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, he's he's got some choice lines. He like he's it's just yeah. his dialogue in this is just like man. Garrus is kind of a badass. He's like generally um, so well written. Um, mm-hmm. I love my boy. He's just like a fun character too. Like mm-hmm. he's not. I don't want to sound mean, but like Thane is a cool character, but is also kind of one note. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the way he acts, Garrus is seems like a fully realized person. Yes. Yeah. Um. Is, and you you see that more um in his romance too. If you, sure. If you ever do it, like Garrus is not. He becomes distinctly unsmooth when Shepard <laughs> hits on him. Um. It's like he immediately like falls to pieces, and it's just oh it's so good. Wow. Yeah. And it is. It just adds to like the richness of the character that like he's like this badass and he's full of these one liners and like thinks he's so funny. And the minute you're like, hey, you're hot. He's like, no, what? <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> nice. So we get to Harkin and Garrus immediately just starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it's just like, where's Sedona's? Where's Sedona's? Where's Sedona's? And Harkin's like, I'm not going to tell you. That's against my uh, morals or whatever. And then we just continue you beating the shit out of yeah. him yeah well i think what he, what he says is that would be bad for business yeah and Garrus <laughs> is like you know what else is bad for business yeah. a broken neck and it literally knocks him to the ground and stands Steps on, on his yeah. neck yeah oh man it's it's good so then he's like okay fine uh i'll, I'll arrange a meeting it's like great and so he goes over to a console and calls Sedonis and is like let's meet in this open area with a lot of people and he's like okay uh so then we go do that and then once again Gortney is like playing the bait <laughs> um mm-hmm. while Garrus uh lines up a sniper shot and uh you walk up to Sedonis as like pretending to be a fade contact and basically you get a couple of opportunities to like warn Sedonis mm-hmm. that he's about to be shot um or you can listen to Garrus and like move out of the way or whatever at the the opportune time. I moved out of the way and let him kill this man. So did Jen. Yeah, I think it's very funny that like we spend all of this time uh, getting Sedonis like in the perfect spot and then being like, you're about to be shot. Mm-hmm. And then she steps to the side and he starts running away. It's like, what the what was that? Why didn't we just yeah, shoot him while he was sitting on the bench? It's what an are we extremely doing? weird, like even if you're trying to let him to let Garrus kill him, like you're, you still give up the game for a split second. Like Sedona knows he's a Like Like, could play that a little bit cooler. Shep. Yeah. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, so then uh, uh, we kill him. We run away. Later on, you hear a news report uh, uh, from the thing that's like Citadel News. That's like, uh, you know, this guy was shot. Nobody knows why or how this weapon mm-hmm. got a, got into the Citadel. I was like, oops, I'm a specter. And, and, and that's it. He says, like, thank you. And I'm I'm on your side. That's yeah. that's kind of it. Yep. Cool. 
Good, good mission. I don't know. It was fun. This was a, a, obviously a much more shooty mission mm-hmm. than the other loyalty missions have been, which I think fi- is fine. And I think fully tracks with the object of, yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Feels very yeah. Garrus. Yeah. Extremely Garrus. Extremely Garrus. Moving on now to Thane's mission. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I guess I didn't say the names of the missions because I don't uh, know what they are. It's fine. Garrus. Loyal. No, I said them last week. I have to say them now. Uh, Garrus's is called an eye for an eye, mm. which is great. Fitting. Uh, and then Thane's is called Sins of the Father. Oh, yeah. Also a really, really good name. Really good name, yeah. These ones are way better than last week's, mm-hmm. which were just Ardot Yakshi and Subject Zero, <laughs> which were like, yes, this is the thing we're doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Scaris's is called Shooting Sedonis. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so we move on now to Sins of the Father, Thane's loyalty mission. We go back to Captain Bailey, talk to him about Thane's son, and he's like, ah, a son. I know what that's like. <laughs> uh, and immediately gets, like, very weird and, like, very, like, emotional and, and you know, it's it's a different side of Bailey than we've seen, I guess, but mm-hmm. we've only really talked to him four times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, I don't this, know, I think, is the, this is a wild thing about Bailey is, like, someone was really invested in him yeah. on the team, and I don't understand why, because it's like, I don't know this man. I'm so sorry that you seem to have a problem with your son, but that's not why I'm here, sir. Yeah, they really, really tried to flesh him out. Yeah. 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 It's just interesting. I'm not going to say it doesn't work, but it's like it just feels so weird because like even the other characters who like help us in a mission, like when we met Samara, we had to talk to Mm -hmm. that Asari cop like her her stuff was like, I'm not trying to get killed by a Justicar. Right. You know, which is interesting in its own right. And it's like, I don't know, kind of character development. But like, we've never gotten like backstory stuff for these like side characters. Uh, I'm more invested in Charn and his Asari girlfriend (laughs) than I am. Was that his name? Charn? Uh, The Krogan? Yeah, I think so. Poetry. I'm way more invested in those two who I spoke to for like two minutes than I yeah. have ever been in <laughs> Bailey, notwithstanding that he comes back in Mass Effect 3 and there's like a lot more Bailey. And I'm like, I still don't fucking really? know you. Like, mm. it's just bizarre. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was supposed to be a bigger character and things got cut. And I don't sure. know. It's weird. I could see that because I mean, head of CSEC security yeah. is like a big position you know mm-hmm. like I, I could see it kind of being like uh an anderson or like a new dina adjacent right you know kind of thing but he is he is just a guy at a desk who like says some stuff and yeah. helps you sometimes so it's not like anderson s- is my dad who are you yeah. just like Anderson's a weird my dad uncle. and Udina is my enemy yeah i feel nothing for this man bailey is like he's not even an uncle he's like the guy who your dad went to college with who called he's like oh this is your uncle captain bailey and you're like uncle Uncle captain (laughs) (laughs) anyway so we talked to uncle captain bailey about fane's son kolyat uh and he's you know searches the records or whatever and it's like ah it seems like he was seen talking to mouse uh who is this guy who will just basically do anything you pay him to do so you know mouse himself isn't necessarily a like threat uh, or or like bad, but the whoever Mouse is working for could be bad. Um, and then he also introduces us to these uh the idea of a duct rat, mm-hmm. um, which were basically just kids who you know their parents were either like working or just neglectful or whatever, and they wound up just like hanging out in the vent ducts. Oh, I thought they uh, were like 
abandoned or like orphaned uh, or i don't think they're all orphaned i think some of them are just like like their parents were bad so they oh. or like effectively orphaned but like you know their parents you know aren't dead but they they yeah. they found they found family quote unquote mm-hmm. you know somewhere else that would pay them to crawl around ventilation ducts uh because they're kids which i also just thought another interesting kind of uh, like trying to flesh out the citadel as a place um I just kind of felt a little forced to me, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I don't really have feelings about it. And so then Bailey's like, yeah, and if you need anything, let me know. I'll help. And then Shepard's like, why would you help? And he's like, he says uh, he's seen too many parents not care about their kids uh, and like allowing them to get into crime. So mm-hmm. he says seeing seeing a parent care this much uh, gives him hope or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay. Just uh, going back to to Mouse. One thing that that Bailey tells you about Mouse is that he has been selling like yes. uh like knockoff VIs including a VI of Shepherd. Yeah. And one of the lines that this VI Shepherd apparently said was I delete data like you on the way to real errors. <laughs> so stupid. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, one of the few notes that i took (laughs) yeah Yeah. um and i'm gonna need you to fill in a blank really quick Mm -hmm. uh because when we go down to wherever mouse is and we talk to him Mm -hmm. he is like talking to someone he turns around and he's like thank creos commander shepherd what's happening um and uh i did not select the like oh you know thane line for some reason oh yeah so if you could fill that blank in for me because it comes up in this conversation even even if you don't have this this part so if you say you know thane mouse is like oh if he didn't if he didn't tell you anything i'm not telling you anything either and thane is like it's okay like he says when we heard the name i didn't think it could be the same mouse which is insane um but basically the reason why is because like mouse like was a duct rat like he's been doing this for years and he's Mm. like like i think the implication is like i thought this kid would be dead by now like i genuinely didn't think that like this kid would live this long um he says he was a contact on the citadel when i was active he and some other children would gather information on my targets and that's it yeah that's pretty much it so you can you can all go you can ask him um you'd use a child for that but i didn't select that because Jin is a trash man who doesn't care so yeah i mean i i i think it makes like that's not too big of a leap to make for like children that are called duct rats like that's their literal their literal job for better and worse interesting i it's it's okay i thought i like really missed a whole big chunk of whatever because it seemed like that conversation got way deeper like at at the later part of of this interaction it it seems like it um anyway so uh they have this whole conversation and uh mouse basically tells you that he's seen coyote hanging around with elias kellum and uh Um, you kind of have to shake it out of him and he's not happy about it (laughs) um well no he he says uh you gave another drill thane says you gave another drill instructions for an assassination Mm. who is the target um he says he doesn't know who the target is um but he knows that the person who hired the drill Mm -hmm. is elias kellum okay yeah and you kind of have to like i don't know you gotta rough him up you gotta rough him up yeah that's kind of like the only the only way to do it uh and he is like really upset by that yeah uh, and then when you talk to to thane after after mouse leaves, I, I, oh yeah before we get to there just real quick 
mouse is like i th- he's like yeah. things like that's my son like you know he's like out there about to like commit this crime or whatever he's like that's why i did this i thought you'd want me to yeah rough sorry go ahead that's really that's really rough uh and i think he also mentions the uh like he noticed the relation Mm -hmm. uh between thane and and coyote because of uh like he's like oh he he looks just like the it's not a picture but whatever whatever you know the 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 pda file that you sent me (laughs) was it that or was it that coyote found mouse because thane had taken a a hollow of mouse yes and, thank you uh that's you you hear about this in the subsequent conversation where shepherd is like well why did you take like a, a hollow of this kid and he was yeah. like i mean I, I have a perfect memory i didn't need to do it it was sentimentality because like mouse i was like one of the few adults ever to mm-hmm. notice mouse and to like treat him with kindness or whatever so like he wanted to know that i saw him and remembered him and so i took this yeah. hollow this hollow of him and so i guess Colyot somehow gets his hands on this and that's how he finds mouse yeah all right thank you for clearing that <laughs> no up. worries yeah so that's like really sad honestly. yeah uh and and thane is like oh so the whole reason my son is in this mess is because mm-hmm. i mean we knew that he got access to whatever he was supposed to get when thane died and i guess that's maybe where this hollow was as well but he's like yeah if i never took this picture for like you said sentimental reasons um then mm-hmm. my son might still be you know safe or whatever yeah um and there's also a sense of like he says mouse knew more about my life than Colyot ever did yeah um but he points out like i let both of these kids down like i after yeah. i was done doing what i did i never came and saw mouse again i like i did a lot to like care for and protect him when he was of use to me um he says i was the only good thing he had back back then mm-hmm. but i left him as i left Colyot, and then he remembers mouse asking for a video of yeah of thane's son and uh yeah that's just like very sad <laughs> um, yeah it's really sad yeah but uh, at the end of this conversation um i was nice to thane because i like him um and <laughs> uh jen said don't blame yourself yeah i said that too. and thane says if i don't who will we must carry the weight of our decisions shepherd yeah man yeah it's uh, sad so we're like, okay, we have to find Elias Kellum. I guess Captain Bailey could help us out with that. Let's go take advantage of that help that he was willing to give. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, Captain Captain Bailey, Uncle Captain Bailey, we got to go find <laughs> Elias Kellum. And he's like, <laughs> Elias Kellum. <laughs> um, About that. So he they they basically have this kind of bribe agreement. Uh, Elias mm-hmm. is bribing Bailey to kind of ignore the crimes that Elias is doing. And Elias doesn't do worse crime, I guess, is the deal. Yeah, um, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she, so Courtney's like, that's not like a great deal. Uh, maybe you shouldn't have that. And Bailey's like, no, it stops him from doing worse stuff. It's like, well, maybe if you just. OK, <laughs> whatever. Um, and so eventually uh, Bailey's like, look, I can tell you, like, I can get him brought in, mm-hmm. but he cannot see my face. Um, and, you know, hopefully he won't make the connection that I am the one, you know, that I am involved in this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we fade to black. He gets brought in and and, you know, locked in a thing. 
Uh, and like right after they bring him in, you know, Thane and Gortney are like, okay, what are we doing? What's the plan mm-hmm. here? And as they're talking, Bailey shows up and is like, hey, uh, you know, they kind of talk. And then one of his secretaries or whoever shows up and is like, Callum's lawyer is here. Yeah. <laughs> um, he wants to see him like immediately. Uh, and Bailey's like, okay, I will go distract the lawyer for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to find this information before then. Yeah. Um, Very limited time to, yeah. to get this out of Callum, which is a cool thing yeah it's it's very interesting so then thane is like okay i think we should do good cop bad cop Mm -hmm. which one do you want to (laughs) be uh which cop was Jin? i wonder i think Jin was bad cop (laughs) yeah i also for some reason chose bad cop that feels like a gordney move to me it it does but it's not i mean i guess it's just not a min maxed decision because Mm -hmm. like obviously i didn't have enough renegade to do any of the renegade options oh yeah so we we head in gordney choosing Courtney being bad cop and i'm really i want to hear what Jin's like mo i I think you should go first okay um basically Courtney just punches the shit out of this man like (laughs) beats the crap out of him anything he says she punches him and is like tell me the truth (laughs) and then thane you know we turn around at one point and thane's like maybe you should ease up a bit he's like Mm -hmm. we can't knock him out we need to you know we need to figure out whatever and the whole time you're beating him up he's like oh so you're like willing to lose your badge and blah 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 because like i didn't say i'm a specter Mm -hmm. uh you know whatever i just started punching him yeah (laughs) and and you know so she starts to basically choke him out and he's like okay 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 uh and points us and tells us the target is jurum talid 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 uh who is an anti-human turian who is also trying to stop organized crime we don't find that part out until we talk to bailey afterwards but he's he's um, running for office yeah he's running for office what office but yeah i don't know senator of of yeah. the citadel or something yeah his his whole thing is like he wants to stop organized crime but he also <laughs> he also thinks that humans are an organized crime racket mm-hmm. um basically uh so it's a fun it's a fun uh, stance but how did Jin handle this so we walk in and Callum is like who the fuck are you guys and <laughs> Jin pulls a gun on him and is like i'm a specter i can do whatever okay. i want so tell okay. me what I want to know. And so Kellum is just immediately like, yeah, OK, I hired the the drill to kill this Turian serum to lead whatever. Yeah. He's running for office, yada, yada. And uh, so we're like, all right, thank you very much. And we leave. And Thane goes, <laughs> that may go down in history is the shortest interrogation ever. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I as soon as I didn't pick the Spectre option, I was like, I should have fucking picked the Spectre option. Yeah. What am I doing? But it also makes sense to me that Gortney's not like the best at interrogating mm-hmm. people. Also, um, the funny part about that, too, is Jin is not a specter anymore. Right. <laughs> My specter status was not reinstated. So not only did I pull a gun on this guy and whatever, but it's like I was completely lying about being a yeah. specter to begin with. So, yeah, it's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you find out, uh, you know, where uh, Joram Talit is going to be and that he has a Krogan bodyguard mm-hmm. uh and so you find him and he is just he's a Tarian and he's got this Krogan bodyguard who is like in a bright red mm-hmm. uh armor so it's like oh he's easy, he'll be easy to track and Thane is like okay I'll track him in the shadows you walk through the catwalks of the citadel uh, yeah. keep me updated on his movements and stuff so that's what we do uh this I, I thought this was fun I, I don't know I thought it was interesting yeah it's a pretty cool mission yeah so you basically just follow him to like separate points and then check in with Thane it's like he's here doing this um 
you do see him at one point send his bodyguard in to like basically harass a merchant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thane's like, ah, oh, that makes sense. So he can keep his hands clean, you know, plausible deniability, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's like, okay, cool. And then you continue to follow him. And <laughs> as you follow him to uh, one of the final parts, you run into a guy who mm-hmm. is just fully just has mouse's real like it's just mouse's face again on a different guy (laughs) i don't even think i clocked that it was the same face i'm pretty sure it was the same face it could be different but like to me it looked it just looked like mouse but anyway yeah i mean they reuse a lot of faces so yeah it just seems (laughs) it seems like a wild oversight to use the same face (laughs) in the same mission but yeah you know i don't know anything about anything so he's like hey what are you doing up here Mm -hmm. you can't be up here i work for the blue suns or whatever yeah um i'm i'm up here doing stuff who are you uh and gordy was like i work for health and safety and i'm here checking stuff and he's like what the fuck that doesn't make any sense and she's like well then how do you think i got up here if i don't work for the <laughs> citadel and he's like yeah okay that tracks just just like you know don't don't interfere with whatever yeah. shit i'm trying to do yeah if you lose him you can um you can like fail the mission because you like you you get caught up in this conversation for so long that you lose the target um Jin, I don't even know. Maybe you only get this interrupt if you have enough renegade points. But I got a pa- I got a renegade interrupt where yeah. Jin just goes, "I don't have time for this," and punches the guy. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't going. think I got that interrupt. That uh, was. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then we go back to tracking Joram and he is about to go into his apartment and we see Kolyat begin running up behind him basically. Uh, and he's doing a terrible job. He's like right out in the open. Anyone could see he's right out in the open. Uh, yeah. So he, (laughs) he shoots down the, the Krogan bodyguard and chases Joram into the elevator. And then we fade back fade through to the apartment where we approach him thane and and gortney or thane and shepherd i guess Colyot has mm. uh to lead sort of like knelt over like about to be executed essentially yeah. as we walk in <laughs> there's, there's some fun, i don't know it's not funny but it's like there's some funny stuff that, that mm-hmm. happened in here because he's talking about like you know why he's gonna shoot this guy and blah 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 yeah. uh, and as he's talking there is uh an interrupt i believe either it's an interrupt or it's just one of the options i thought it was an interrupt and courtney shoots just just fully shoots a lamp behind Koyat, mm-hmm. which makes him flinch and then she walks up to him and punches him in the face yeah. and takes his gun uh, jen did the exact same thing i took that interrupt yeah. too yeah and it's just uh, like this kid is so in over his yeah. head yeah yeah i thought that was a really really great moment of like mm-hmm. him him flinching and then not just like being like because I, I thought that was going to be like you shoot the lamp and be like, see, you're not ready for mm-hmm. this. You don't have the, the metal or whatever. But then the next step of punching him and taking his gun. Yeah. Um, just to like guarantee he's not going to kill this guy, I think is a good op is a is a good move. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so then C-Sec also shows up and Courtney tells Joram, like, you know, get the fuck out of here. You know, we'll you know, you're not going to die today or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, C-Sec is supposed to be about to arrest uh, just some before we get into that there's some dialogue between father and son that i think is uh oh sorry i thought that happened afterwards i think there's some before and some after but um mm. basically Kolyat's like you know i like i read all the files on my dad like what made it all right for him to kill all those people all those years and thane says i was six when the hanar began to train me like i didn't know any better your mother mm. woke me from my battle sleep and he reveals that 
The reason why he never came back to Kolyat is because Kolyat's mother was killed by mm. Thane's like adversaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, to get to him. So he basically went out and systematically sought revenge on them one by one. Yeah. And when he, you know, when he came back, Kolyat was so much older, you know, he he just like felt too guilty, I guess. To yeah. it's a very un- Annette and Gilbert, frankly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like when you put it that way, it's like Thane. But at least Thane is actively showing contrition, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And he says, uh, uh, Kolya says, I guess it's too bad for me. You waited so long. And Thane says, I've taken many bad things out of the world. You're the only good thing I ever added to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so... Then Gortney's like, well, C-Sec's going to arrest you, but they can give they can give you guys five minutes to talk. Right. Mm -hmm. And like looks at Bailey and he's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, And so they, you know, they continue to talk and um, Thane, you know, like you said, uh, shows contrition by being like, look, I shouldn't have, you know, tracked these people down like this has not made a difference. I could have made more of a difference if I stayed with you Mm -hmm. and like raised my son instead of. Uh, uh, allowing myself to uh, be filled with revenge and and all of that. Um, and, you know, as they kind of start getting deeper into it, Bailey's like, you guys should talk privately. Uh, why don't we take you back to CSEC and you guys can mm-hmm. kind of have your whole conversation. Like, we shouldn't... <laughs> this should be a conversation between the two of you, not all of us here. Yeah. Um, which I thought was pretty interesting and 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 cool and good. Yeah. Um, and then we... Uh, so we head back to the CSEC office and Thane walks out of the room. Uh, and you know, Bailey says some stuff about like, he obviously has a, a past with his son. Cause you're like, why, you know, why are you giving them this time? Why aren't you just like arrest him or whatever? Um, he's like, you know, if a father wants to like make things better with their son, then they should have that opportunity. Um, yeah, he so. implies that like, I have done a bad job with yes. my son and I yes. like, I, I'm going to be lenient. Yeah. Um, and, and so you're like, so what are you going to do now with Kolyat? And he's like, oh, well, you know, he's probably going to serve some time, blah, blah, blah. And then Gortney decides to just continue being a nasty cop. And is like, hey, why don't you just give him community service? Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. Bailey's like, yeah, OK. <laughs> um, <sighs> so ridiculous. <laughs> it's really rough, man. Like he said, Bailey says like he did like Kolyat did shoot some people. Right. And he absolutely did attempt to assassinate a politician. It was like, eh, community service. <laughs> like, look the other way on this one. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like, so man, silly. Man, man. Yeah. And then you, you know, so that gets settled and then you talk to Thane and you're like, how is, how is everything with Kolyat? Uh, and maybe one of the best moments in the game for me of him saying, um, you know, we're still kind of talking through it. This isn't something that just a few words will fix, mm-hmm. uh, which fucking rules. And he says, we yeah. will keep talking and we'll see what happens, which is just like so fucking real. Yeah. Very grounded <laughs> for a game where you can be like, hey, you shouldn't kill people. And then the person will be like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't mm-hmm. um, for like have this moment of like, oh, no, actually, this isn't a thing you can just like Paragon option away like this is this is a real life you know relationship and these things aren't just fixed right by having a conversation just really really awesome 
choice, I think, for them to kind of leave this, you know, not to just wrap this up tightly in a bow if it, you know, mm-hmm. having it continuing to be a part of uh, of Thane's story. Yeah, it's uh, very it's really mature lovely. writing um, yes. in, a, in a game that sometimes flattens things mm-hmm. uh, to be mm-hmm. a little blunt. Yeah. Uh, and so that is that is it. Sins of the Fowler, the yeah. loyalty mission for Thane. Great time. And so now let's leave the Citadel, head back to the Normandy really quick so I can have some conversations uh, and then we'll continue on in a moment. Uh, so just again, doing loyalty mission check ins. Mm hmm went to Thane and you're like, Hey, can we talk? And he's like, yeah, I was just in the middle of trying to record a message for Colyot. And it's like, I imagine that you're kind of surprised by the story of my wife's death mm-hmm. uh, and, and the subsequent everything else. Uh, and you're like, yeah, a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I guess I should elaborate. Uh, and you come to find out that the woman from his memories with the sunset eyes mm-hmm. who stood in the middle of his, you know, stood between him and his target was his wife uh, or eventual wife. Uh, Erica, and he says, uh, she met my eyes through the scope and my purpose faltered. Uh, and apparently also fucking one of the like most badass things you can do besides standing in front of an assassin's laser is mm-hmm. to look in the direction of that laser and mouth. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> like what queen, the queen fu- shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Holy shit. I yeah. would like shit my whole body out if i stood in front of a laser for a sniper i would not have the like i'd be hung up on her too (laughs) yeah and so he's like you know i i didn't get my target that day and i could not stop thinking about Mm her um and not just because i'm a drill um uh and and so you know he he says you know he found her and uh she introduced him to the world beyond his work says eventually she forgave me then she loved me Mm. um which is just really, really nice. Yeah. And then uh, Colyot was born and they had a family. And, you know, he he basically says he thinks he became complacent with like their safety amongst his, you know, job uh, and and stayed away for a little too long one day or one one trip. And then his enemies came for her. Uh, he says it was uh, Batarians who he had killed their leaders. Um, and he says that they got Thane's name from the Shadow Broker, but then were too afraid to actually attack Thane. So they went after his family instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about uh, a, a mirror to the earlier conversation with uh, Kolyat about him uh, being awoken from his battle sleep. Uh, he says that she woke him, but then when she died, he you know, went back to it mm-hmm. uh, and says, my body hunted her killers. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he says that he was taught to kill cleanly and quickly, but he let them linger. Uh, mm. And uh, Gortney was like, you know, your body did this, but not your soul because I'm trying to like console a friend and whatever. Uh-huh. And he's at, and then he's like, well, no, actually I did this by choice. This is the one time that's not true Yeah, <laughs> because I chose to do these things. And these, these are the killings I have to live with. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I was just trying to support my friend and <laughs> I'm just, I'm wrong again. Be um, nice to my friend Thane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so then, 
he's like, yeah, I mean, thank you for letting me say that. I don't think I've told the story of my wife. I don't think I've told it ever mm-hmm. um, because I've had no one to tell it to. And so he says, thank you, Siha. And you're like, what does that <gasps> mean? And he says, someday I'll tell you what that means. Oh, uh, yeah. You said, have to romance him to find out. Or I'll yeah, tell you. I, I imagine. Um, yeah, I, I had thought about I, like because part of me is like, I kind of would just keep the options open to see mm-hmm. what happens. But the line or the 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 prompt they give you for the renegade is just i want you thane yeah. which is like not the energy so uh, there was recently or i don't know if it was recently but i recently read an article about this and mm. the problem was that the original prompt it was like they were like scrambling to finish the game this was sure. like one of the things that they were fixing and uh it's like the this writer like addressed it on twitter cuz it's apparently like a goof uh, in the fandom <laughs> um <laughs> And apparently it was like the dialogue did not clearly signal that this was the romance line. Um, So it was possible to miss it or it was possible to pick it when you didn't actually want a romance thing. And so that's why he was like, I had to fix it. And I just like, I, I just threw that in there because I like oh, wasn't really man. thinking about it. I just needed it to be, ex- <laughs> you know, like explicitly oh, the romance thing. And sure. so now it's become just like this goof that it's like, it, I it's- want because the line is not like when you pick it, it's not actually like, I want you. It's more like, I, I want to be there for you. It's like a yeah. lot more tender, mm. but it absolutely like, <laughs> it was like too subtle as written to yeah to flag, in, in a so. in a world where f shep can uh begin a conversation line with jacob where i want to get to talk more about you <laughs> like i don't trust the yeah. prompt i want you thane to totally. be not like i'm trying to fuck you right now exactly yeah <laughs> it's you you would think but yeah i do you want to know what siha means or do you want to um uh no not yet i okay i, I mean am i like fully locked out now i guess I, 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 I honestly buddy i don't know okay yeah so then let's 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 yeah, wait let's let's it. come back to it we'll see um also i i just wanted to say i did not get all of that because i okay. think i missed an earlier conversation with thane because i just uh, got the like here's the history of the drell conversation so i think oh, i must wow. have like missed it earlier on like sure. i just forgot to talk to him at some point mm. and i imagine it'll be like next time i talk to him i'll get all of that sure so uh i'll let you know if i pick any other like different dialogue <laughs> options that yeah, please. reveal anything else yeah um and so then i went back to talk to samara uh just this is like wrapping up her conversation line i guess for the game probably mm-hmm. um and she just says that gortney is a good friend and she pledges she pledges her aid to shepherd in the future uh if we survive the suicide mission mm-hmm and that's it. Uh, I talked to Morinth. Yeah. Um, it was pretty short. Uh, she's not wearing the Samara getup anymore. She was like, I'm sorry. I just had to get out of those clothes. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, otherwise, there was no additional dialogue for her. So they, I guess they didn't they didn't give her like that much dialogue because she's like the alternative option. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess that tracks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, any of the characters you're not romancing um, like uh, or, or can't romance like I haven't had a meaningful conversation with Miranda since we finished her loyalty mission. Mm. She was like, thanks, this, you know, whatever. And we had the whole conversation about her being a tool or whatever. And yeah. now every time I talk to her, she's like, I have a lot going on. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. yeah, you know, it's interesting because like Morden has a lot more dialogue yeah. after after the loyalty mission. So yeah. um I guess it's because they didn't have to write two sets of dialogue. For yeah. Morgan. Oh, they that's just, a good point. 
Yeah, um, it's just it, nobody can romance him. Yeah, nobody wants to fuck the nerd. Um, <laughs> sorry, I try um, it. <laughs> I can't honestly tell you that if it was an option, I wouldn't have tried it in one of these runs. Yeah, Oof, man. I um, just want to know. Um, <laughs> I guess it's because like Solarians, it's like within canon, it's they don't even really have romance. It's just yeah. like very transactional. Like we're yeah. you know we're propagating the species and see you later. Yeah, I'm really I am curious. Like if if there was a draft where like Morden was like for scientific purposes, would you like to copulate? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, which uh, you know maybe. Um, yeah. Did you talk to Garrus? Uh, I did, yes. So uh, Garrus thanks us for helping him mm-hmm. uh, and says that he's he's going to stand by our side to help us with the Reapers, the Collectors, or whoever else. And yeah. Gorby's like, whoever else? What do you mean? <laughs> and he just says, you know, oh, I like to prepare for the worst so that in the opportunity that there is not a whoever else, uh, that I could be happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Jesus. That's morbid, but okay. Well, he delivers it as like a... Like- the the exact line is there's a small uh i like to expect the worst there's a small chance i'll be pleasantly surprised it's like it's i i read it as like one of garris's quippy goofs yeah it's definitely a quippy goof but it's also like i, I you know we've we've seen this man at his darkest hour yeah. and like <laughs> this is how he views stuff legitimately yeah like, yeah that the, is a good point <laughs> so then we're like well i'm glad you're here with us and you know i'm glad you're here for the mission uh and i don't know if i could do it without you and he says sure you could just not so stylishly, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. I love this um, man. <laughs> he's great. He's great. Uh, that's what just makes me so upset that for this whole everything before this, he's just calibrating. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. just let the man be he's a character. So well written. Yeah. Uh, and so then he's like, you know, it's kind of weird being on a human ship preparing for a mission like this. This is like not any way how we do it uh on a turian ship mm-hmm. and you're like oh how do you do it on a turian ship and he says well <laughs> turian ships we have a lot of places to blow off steam including mm-hmm. you know like you know meditation or whatever or uh, uh sim simulation bays or just full contact sparring uh and courtney's like i'm sorry you do like full contact like fighting each mm-hmm. other before you go on missions and he's like well yeah but there's you know people supervising or whatever make sure it doesn't get too crazy nobody gets hurt whatever and you're like god and he says we also use it to settle disputes one time a recon scout and i were beefing uh and we <laughs> she uh requested that we fight it out in the, mm-hmm. uh, the you know in a full contact spar i had the reach but she had the flexibility and so we fought nine rounds to a draw ultimately mm-hmm. uh he said a lot of upset betters in the in the clan or in the crew quarters <laughs> and he says we ended up working it out in her quarters privately I had reach. She had flexibility. Um, which mm-hmm. is like <laughs> so good, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Like that's that's fucking smooth as hell. So um, good. Yeah. Uh this was the only this was the first moment where I was like, maybe I do fuck carrots. Ah! <laughs> um, uh, you see. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, if you know, if he hadn't been if he had been a little more interesting throughout the beginning portion of this I know. Game, yeah, well, he was calibrating. Uh, yeah, he was Carol. He was calibrating. Um, so then, you know, we ask about chances of survival and he's like, ah, the chances of survival are honestly like really, really low. Um, Wait, I, so I, did I, you not get the option to be to? I did, but I didn't take it immediately. I, I asked it. some okay. other questions first because I had a feeling that would end the conversation. And I was like, I still want to talk about the mm-hmm. other bits of the other bits of this. And he's yeah. So he says uh, chances of survival are really low. And he's like, I'm sorry for that fact, but it's like 
It's just a fact. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going into uncharted territory with unknown technology. You know, we have no next to no idea what we're up against. And so the chances that we actually make it out of this are like slim to none. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. And then we bring up Ilos as an example of like, you know, we have kind of done this suicide mission before. Like, why? Why is this? You know, what what makes this suicide mission different from the Ilos suicide mission? And he's like, well, on Ilos, it was kind of just like, a, hey, we're going here. We're doing this thing. And then we save the galaxy. But with this, we have like Miranda and Cerberus and Edie constantly feeding us stats um, <laughs> of like, you know, how unlikely it is of, you know, all these mm-hmm. things succeeding. Uh, and he says, I think I preferred the blind optimism. And so then I, I followed the the romantic line. And uh, you're like, you know, if you ever need to blow off some steam, you know, we could we could do some sparring or whatever. And he says, oh, I didn't think you liked sparring. Uh, and then this is where I chose. I didn't choose the like overtly sexual oh. next next one. So that's why I think that I'm probably locked out, I guess, from Garrus's thing, yeah. um, because I I thought choosing the first one would be like, oh, OK, you're open to this, but mm-hmm. oh, bummer. So then I chose like because uh, uh, he said, I didn't think you liked sparring. Um, and Courtney was just like, oh, well, you know me, I don't mind, you know, getting my hands dirty or like getting, you know, whatever. And he says, ah, I don't want to add my name to the list of people you've knocked on their asses. And so I wasn't sure if I had locked myself out at that point or if, uh, I think that you have. Yeah. Yeah. You Cause when I you... went to talk to him the next time, he's like, oh, I'm calibrating. It's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You need to, to be like, no, I mean like the the part where you went back to the quarters and did it privately. <laughs> we could do that to blow off steam. Um yeah. and yeah, and it becomes so what what it becomes after that is this very like okay, we want to do this. We have to f- figure out how physically (laughs) so like he's like i'll do some research i guess yeah and you know the the vibe is very much like he says something like i don't candidly have like a fetish for humans but like you're the person in the galaxy that i trust the most and Mm -hmm. like we're about to go do this like crazy suicide mission so like yeah i you know but why not um and yeah i it it's sort of it's like sort of a weird vibe but also like weirdly like i don't know it's it feels very much like friendship at its like i don't know it's it it, it, i'm trying to figure out how to describe it but like Mm. it very much feels like you are still friends um it's very much a friends with benefits thing but i don't know there is something like really really poignant about it that it's Mm. like you know like he says something like you you're like the only friend i have left basically Mm. um and so it's i don't know it's clearly there is like more emotion laden on on that than is like explicitly said Mm -hmm. i don't know i i love Mm. this romance we all know this about me um and it it becomes more tender with time i don't know how much more you want me to to tell you about like where that goes um no we can get into it uh in mass effect 3 yeah (laughs) well the i mean uh just insofar as like there is a romance scene at the end of Mass Effect 2 with with Garrus mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, we're like doing this thing or whatever. <laughs> and um, he's like, you know, if you were a Turian, this is like when I'd be 
like giving you compliments on your waist and your fringe. Um, so I'll just say that your waist uh, is seems very supportive and your <laughs> hair looks nice. Um, and, wow. and F Shep is like, chill, like you can calm down. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be this formal. And he says something like, you know, there are so many things have gone wrong. I just want this one thing to go mm. right. Like I just, mm care this much and um and that's sort of like where that scene ends but it's like a beautiful moment of like vulnerability um that really like closes the loop on um garris's whole arc in Mm. in mass effect 2 i think where it's just like he is really like you said like he's just he's just really uh in a bad headspace yeah (laughs) um sad yeah he's big sad um yeah but yeah that's that's garris we yeah. talk more about what happens in Mass Effect 3. Um, <laughs> I love him. Goodbye. All right. Uh, <laughs> when I when I didn't wasn't sure if I had locked myself out of the Garrus romance or not. Um, I had written here. Uh, I think Courtney loves Liara, but isn't above a casual doink between friends. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, um, oh well. Yeah, there is no casual with Garrus. That's really. fine. <laughs> So that's all I have on the Normandy. Did you have any other stuff yes. besides anything later? Okay. Speaking of casual doinks. <laughs> yes. So it turns out. I mean, <laughs> Is it, it not it hard to out. romance Kelly Chambers? <laughs> I, still don't, I still don't actually know what you have to do to romance Kelly Chambers. Mm. But when you're playing as M. Shep mm-hmm. and you talk to Jack and mm-hmm. have that whole conversation about the shim, whatever, at the mm-hmm. end of it, she's like, hold on, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, why do you keep asking me questions about myself? Yeah. And when you're M. Shep, she goes, my turn with the questions. People usually walk by now. Why are you asking me all this? She says, are you eyeing me up? Because if this is just about sex, maybe you should just fucking say so. And the renegade option is, yes, I want you. Uh-huh. And I paused, I was on stream like, oh my God, do I do this? Do I sleep with Jack? Is it going to ruin the Miranda romance? And I was like, I, Kim, want to see the Miranda romance. Yeah. But it kind of seems like something Jin would do, right? Mm -hmm. He's such a trash man. Yeah. And so I picked, yes, I want you. And then... Jack is like, figured people always want something. Well, what right now then? And it's like, you have one chance to say no, one more chance. (laughs) And I said, let's do it. And so I get this sex scene with Jack. But here's the weird thing about this sex scene um, is that it's a lot of making out and a lot of position changes just to make out and a lot of throwing (laughs) each other against walls. Yeah. it's just a lot, yeah. honestly. And uh, my friend Adam in chat was like, maybe that's just how Jack thinks sex is. It's just throwing people against walls. <laughs> oh like you God. have to throw people against walls. I was like, I don't fucking know. But yeah. it was bizarre. But anyway, it <laughs> happened. And then yeah. afterward, I was like, well, let me go see if my Miranda romance is still cool. And Miranda was like, we're still on for the, the sex and the Shit. being in love, right? And I was like... <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so. I don't know if it will have consequences eventually. I tried to look it up and couldn't find a clear answer. Okay. Because um, I didn't spend that long because I was in the middle of the stream. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I was like, this just feels like 
the gin thing to do. Yeah. To be a real fucking dick. So sure. Uh, wow. Gin is our problematic faith. I love that. Uh, the the F Shep version of that conversation goes, uh, I'm not one for girls clubs. Like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> it's like that we, we've talked all we're going to talk. So just like, leave me alone. Like, mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. OK, great. Cool. Fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, oh, let's move uh, on. Fun oh. fact about the, the, the Jack romance. If you yeah. actually want to romance Jack, if you sleep with her, then she will not romance you. Oh, interesting. Uh, you have to turn her down and then later like you can like actually make progress in a real romance with her. Gotta play hard to get. You do. Yeah. Well, you have to show her. It's like, I'm not just here for sex. I like you as a person, man. I wish that were an option for all of the other ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause they sure do make it seem like you're going to fuck right now. If you choose this. Yeah. It's very aggressive. Interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. so then, uh, let's move on then to Tally's loyalty mission. So good. The mission is called Treason. Uh, just some backstory. Again, if you forgot, uh, Tally's on trial for treason. That's the whole backstory. Um, <laughs> we don't know why. Yeah, she doesn't know why. Yeah. So we arrive at the migrant fleet, and it is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I wish there were, like... I, I, th- I Whenever I thought about the migrant fleet, I imagined, like, hundreds of ships. And there's, like, thousands. Seven. Oh no! This thousands of of migrant fleet ships. Uh, not in this. Not, not in, in the cutscene. Maybe cutscene. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah, the um, cutscene is like here's seven ships and one really big one. Like okay. Uh, but yeah, the when you're when you're flying in, they ask for like verification yeah. because it's a Cerberus ship. Um, and so Tali says this password, which is after time adrift among open stars, along tides of light and through shoals of dust, I will return to where I began. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And so they're like, OK, cleared for landing. <laughs> <laughs> so then we land and we are immediately uh, introduced to Cardana, uh, who seems to know Tali um, and is just like hey what's up how's it going sorry you're being charged for treason but it seems like you've brought geth into the fleet mm-hmm. uh and tally's like what no i did not and so you ask her about it and she says like i've been sending back like disabled parts mm-hmm. to my my dad so he can do research on them but nothing active uh and and definitely not like functioning geth mm-hmm. um so hopefully this won't be that hard to prove uh and so you're like okay well hopefully uh so you then meet uh on the way in to the place where you are going to be on trial uh you run into uh tali's aunt or friend of her father's at least she calls her aunt um yes uh shala ran uh cool great i love the names of the uh they're great what we will speak shortly about the names i'm obsessed with Korean names yeah they're really good um yeah uh so then <laughs> yeah shalaran tells you that um tali is on trial uh as tali zarea vas normandy mm-hmm. uh instead of tali zarea vas nima uh because she has been legally like legally the the, the admiralty board has uh stopped recognizing her as a member of uh the nema which i guess was her ship in the flotilla Mm -hmm. um and now it's like oh well she's with the normandy now and blah 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 yeah they have like like taken steps to strip her of her of her 
name. Um, yeah. So Tali Zora is like her first and last name, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then there's Voss Blank, which is the name of your birth ship before mm-hmm. you do your pilgrimage. And then so she was going by the name of her birth ship, the Raya in Mass Effect 1. Now she's Voss Nima because that was the ship that she joined after mm-hmm. her pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. But then they stripped her of her name. So now she's Voss Normandy. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you- it, it looks like insert. I'm just looking at the wiki. They're mm. like in certain formal situations, Quarians appear to use both their adult ship and child ship name, childhood oh. ship in their name. Talizora identifies herself as Talizora Vasnima Naraya during docking procedures following summons ah. to the migrant fleet. Yeah. So it's like here's here's like my childhood ship and my adult ship. It's yeah. just oh, it's so yeah. good. It's it's kind of uh, we never see this like illustrated, but it's it's Mm -hmm. the Salarian names like their full names are like their entire birth history Mm -hmm. uh, of like where they're from, who their parents are and their job or whatever. Right. um, Which is just like so great. When you first run into Cardana, I meant to uh, in the uh, the beginning of this, Mm -hmm. uh, I meant to I meant to say he calls you Captain Shepard and you have the option to to correct correct him. him. And I purposely didn't. Because you're technically commander. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either in this one. Um, but I have to assume it's because they conceive of everyone as like, you know, like yeah. captain is like like that is what is meaningful to them is like, are you the captain of a ship? You know? Yeah, that was what like part of me was like. Well, if I correct them to commander, then they're not going to respect Gortney anymore. Like, <laughs> like no, actually, I'm not a captain. I'm a commander. Um, and so I just allowed them to keep calling her Captain Shepard. Mm-hmm. And so then, uh. Yeah, Shalaran's like, well, um, your dad isn't here, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and I am also have to recuse. I, I also have to recuse myself from this, you know, voting on on this mm-hmm. uh, matter because of our personal re- relationship. Um, but you know, head in, and I, you know, we will uh, help you as much as you can, uh, Captain Shepard. Since you're the captain of the ship, uh, and this is kind of how Quarian law works, you are uh tali's defense here mm-hmm. um like you you are basically in charge of pleading her case yeah like okay cool great this is unexpected and i hope i don't fuck it up so then you walk in and it's this like you know it's 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 this like really nice looking room and there's like patches of grass and stuff and it's yeah. like yeah it's great. like they call it the garden something the garden yeah it's like an amphitheater or, yeah it's really nice. Uh, yeah. I love it a lot. There's just a bunch of quarians sitting around like watching the proceedings. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so you approach and one of the admirals, uh, this is Admiral. Ke- no, it's not Creos. That's, That's <laughs> Thane's name. Uh, Chorus. Chorus. Thank you. I was looking for it in my notes. Yeah. Admiral Chorus is like, hey, a human can't be here. Humans don't have any like power or whatever mm-hmm. in court in court. And then uh Shalaran's like, well, actually, you changed Tali's name to Voss right. Normandy. So yeah. this is her captain, so get fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's like, Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Just like 10 out of 10. Love that shit. I hate this man immediately. Um, uh out of curiosity, who'd you bring? Uh you I brought Garris. I brought Morden. Mm, uh, I was gonna bring Morden. Yeah, he someone, here? no, he doesn't. Oh, okay. Um, it was uh, I I threw it to chat to decide, and uh, Stephen was the first one to answer and said Morden. I was like, okay. Mm. Um, in retrospect, bad pick for a mission against Geth, but here we are. Sure. Yeah. Um, we made it out in one piece. 
Um, but yeah, he didn't have any any lines, which was yeah. interesting. Um, I had uh, I considered bringing Miranda um because yeah, something about that for the felt, cerberus thing yeah something about that felt right to me he's like uh, and then i was like dialogue. no <laughs> that seems like it'd be dramatic yeah um, but i did look up after the fact miranda does in fact have the most unique dialogue um wow. in in did this you, one it's not you, a, any uh, content of what it was or? no i have no idea what it was it's just the, the the walkthrough that i had glanced at was just like yeah if you take miranda she'll the ign one tells you like okay who has the most unique because uh yeah i looked up a list there's like a list of like yeah who to bring for- on each mission for the most i forget which which mission i did it for but i had found that out a couple of weeks ago i was like oh this is an interesting fact i haven't yeah. let it affect who i'm bringing i'm just like usually after the fact like i'll i'll choose my squad and then see like will this actually have mm-hmm. any consequence um most of the time no uh so anyway you go you, you uh, uh you, you have this whole trial and uh, basically they're going back and forth of like well you know you're sending geth parts back or geth functioning geth to this lab mm-hmm. ship the uh oh, god my notes are like impossible uh, the uh, al- 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 alaray yeah um, which looks like it should be said alaray just saying <laughs> i like it i think it's a cool name yeah no it's it's a cool name um so there's this lab ship that her father has been working on uh and they're basically like well Everybody on that ship is probably dead because the Geth showed up and Tally's like, what the fuck are you saying to me right now? Uh, and even Gortney in this moment was like, you can't just spring this on her. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. obviously, this is going to, you know, affect our, our our stance or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tally's like, Shepard, we have to go to that ship and like save my dad and save whoever is there. Right. Um, and basically the the Admiralty board decides, yeah, you can go do this. And if you like save the people or you know destroy the ship or whatever like we were gonna destroy it Mm -hmm. uh, but we figured we would wait for you to get here to do that yeah Um, chorus says um the safest course would be to destroy the ship but if you're looking for an honorable death instead of exile which is sort of uh foreshadowed in the conversation Mm -hmm. that you first have with Mm -hmm. tali about this where she's like yeah the last time someone was on trial they like opted to die to save the migrant fleet yeah Oof. yeah yeah uh so basically the whole conclusion of this this scene is that you are going to go to the alaray alaray and uh try to save everybody or destroy the geth and um stop the the threat uh and that's that's kind of the whole thing nobody knows why there were geth parts on that ship nobody knows why there were active geth on that ship they just know that tally had something to do with it uh, and so that is why she is on trial for treason. But they're like, if you can do this stuff on the ship, we will consider whatever evidence you might find when you when you get back. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, good death. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so then we are thrown out into this area and we get the opportunity to talk to all the admirals uh, and also a couple of friends if you have yeah. saved them. So the first person I run into is Vitor from the very first mission uh mm-hmm. on freedom's progress he is the quarian who you know got collector poisoned yeah. um and is like very shaky all the time uh you're like hey how you doing and he's like i'm not great <laughs> um mm-hmm. but i i came here to like uh you know plead my case to the admiralty board uh and i'm not sure if it did anything it doesn't really seem like it did but i i you know you saved me and tally saved me so we had to i i i couldn't just stand by and not say anything and it's like he is there with his like psychiatrist or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like and you're like how are you doing since the thing and he's like i don't like the thing about it it gets me really worked up and he starts to like kind of spiral and his doctor is like okay we're good is everything's fine which i just think is uh, you know 
obviously mm-hmm. wild. The dude was fucking uh, had had a time. Yeah, I just want to say the animations on Vitor are very detailed where like he's mm. kind of like bouncing a lot yeah. like there's a lot of nervous energy coming off of him mm-hmm. incredible yeah. really good work really good for like characterizing him i wonder if this is a thing that was like sort of because i feel like you don't see that often in like i mean maybe we do but like i i, I feel like it's possible that they paid extra attention to animating the quarians in these cut scenes because mm. so little uh but, i mean nothing comes across in terms of like facial mm-hmm. <laughs> uh expression mm-hmm. so like their their body language does a lot of the the storytelling and i i just thought it was fantastic i noticed mm-hmm. that and i was like i know so much about this character who i've met like once just because of how he carries himself. It's very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I would say the the other best use of like body language is Morden. Um mm-hmm. like when you first meet him and he's like running yeah. back and forth on the the clinic and omega um and even the like, you know, the Morden sniff or whatever. Like that mm-hmm. stuff is all really good. Um yeah. but yeah, no, he he's like fidgeting and just like bouncing around. It's really really great. Mm-hmm. Um conversely, you run into Cal Rieger. Let's talk about uh, Cal Rieger who just like stands uh he paces back and forth which is very funny mm-hmm. um but cal rieger is here he is the guy you saved uh the second time you met tally saved or did not save um mm-hmm. and uh he is okay what did you want to talk about with cal rieger specifically never seen this man's face right tell me why i think cal rieger is so hot he gives a really hot energy it's like he has big dick energy or something yeah. right like well the way he like he paces back and forth but it's like mm-hmm. he's like shredding yeah he's, like, peacocking in front of you talking yeah. about talking about what he's been up to i yeah. like i had this moment where i was like oh i think this man is hot why do i think this man is hot like he's wearing the same quarian suit that all the quarians wear yeah. but yeah it's i mean you know when you talk it's i guess in the animation just like this is a hot this is a hot man yeah so he 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 you know you can talk to him about Haystrom and stuff and he says you know there's a the dark energy stuff that they had had thought was happening like is happening mm-hmm. uh, and it's making the interior mass of the sun uh by Haystrom smaller uh which is causing it to you know prematurely supernova or yeah whatever. Uh, and then when you're like, oh, wow, what do you think about that? He's like, I don't fucking know. I'm just a soldier. I just, you know, I just, yeah, because I just shoot things. Yeah. He's like, I don't have the the authority to have an opinion on this. Yeah. Um, so I the when we first talked about Tali's mission, I had multiple people try to tell me what the deal is with dark energy. And I was like, oh, I know what the deal is with dark energy. I specifically didn't say it on the podcast <laughs> because. What I will now reveal to you, AJ, is that this was a potential groundwork for endgame Mass Effect 3, like total trilogy shit. Sure. And I'm telling you now because they scrapped it. So all of this stuff with the dark energy (laughs) never goes anywhere. Oh, that's good Um, to know. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk about it uh, in in Mass Effect 3, like what it was actually going to be when we talk about mm. like what the actual thing turned out to be. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want to signal, yes, we know about now both of us know about what dark energy was, you know, supposed to be. Yeah, um, Kim and has the revealed her why. gamer trap card now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, it's like there's I, I forgot there was like so much dialogue about it here. Which yeah. is why I decided to like bring it up again. But yeah, it's like they're really they're really laying a lot of groundwork where they're like, oh, it's so weird. Let, like the Geth couldn't have done this and we don't know why or how it's happening, mm. whatever it will. Uh, it was possibly going to be explained. It never is. But we could talk about what it what it was going to be uh, mm. when we get to Mass Effect 3. Cool. Can't wait. In the meantime, Cal Rieger hot. Cal Rieger hot. Uh, and he also tells you that even hotter. He stayed here on 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 the ship to plead his case to the admiralty board as well about how great of a person tali is so yeah um great uh one thing i did want to say uh i i remember now it mm-hmm. uh the ign thing says uh miranda doesn't ha- miranda has the most unique dialogue mm-hmm. but only if you sent Vitor to get researched at Cerberus. Oh, so okay. I think she just has an additional line with Vitor, and Got then it. nothing else. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, which is which is interesting. There's a lot of dialogue with the different admirals, mm. and I feel like the easy there's like maybe an easy way to explain it, which is yeah. like rather than going through each one. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, so like you find out that the reason why this is all such a big deal is because there is currently, I mean, like, it's obviously a big deal either way, but there's currently a debate, a political debate among the Quarians about, like, it feels like they're at an inflection point where Mm -hmm. some people are like, we want to go reclaim our home world. We want to start a war with the Geth to reclaim our our home. Um, Others are just like, don't do that. (laughs) Chorus, who is uh the the jerk one mm-hmm. who like stripped Tali of her name and is like constantly taking pot shots at her or whatever he's like we created the geth we have like i want peace with the geth because at the end of the day this is not they're not just like tools that we could like we created a people we are like the their parent they are like our children mm-hmm. and we just need to end the conflict entirely which <laughs> so i tweeted a thing or retweeted a thing um because it was something that came up during the stream that this chorus is like the definition of worst guy you know makes a great point <laughs> yeah where it's like i fucking hate this dude but yeah. i do agree with him like you you have created life and now you have to deal with that um and like engaging them in a war is not the way to do it Mm -hmm. and then and it's it's revealed that like tali's father was uh more on the side of starting a war and then there is another um admiral what is her name um zen yeah x-e-n yeah admiral zen who's like I want to control the Geth again. I don't mm. want to destroy them. I don't want peace with them. Mm. I want slaves. <laughs> um, and you're like, oh, okay, you're the worst of all of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you're getting a, a glimpse into, as you talk to all of them, you're getting a glimpse into their their political beliefs about like the Quarian's relationship with the Geth going forward. And also why this situation with Tali and her father is so much more charged than just like it, it's so much bigger than it seems because it is part of this debate. And because Tali's father is believed to have been pro war, mm. um, chorus has a real investment in like 
basically dragging his name through the mud and like turning this into a big scandal because it it helps him politically with the Mm -hmm. the position that he's trying to achieve which unfortunately is i think the right one yeah um so yeah it's it, it it's just oh it's so juicy and it's a lot of dialogue here so i figured that might be an easy way to kind of like cut through it unless there's like specific things that you want to talk about but um um not really uh you you summed it up all pretty pretty well right there something that Mm -hmm. admiral zen does mention is that there's anywhere from 10 to 50 geth on the ship for us to worry about and talia is like i did not send anywhere near enough like Mm -hmm. uh uh, stuff to my father for that to be the case so something else is going on i think it's also interesting that it's like in order for them to like have achieved the level of control over the ship that they have we know it must be that number because again the the geth are like networked and so the more of them that there are the more intelligent they become collectively and so that's how it like oh that is just such a good mm, little morsel yeah um i did just want to talk about maybe the ethics of uh uh Mm -hmm. ai and the geth really quick hell yeah because chorus makes this point of you know we created this you know we created these these people and and Mm -hmm. we created this whole thing i'm just curious like (laughs) where you stand on on this because like i do think he's making some points of like you know Mm -hmm. we shouldn't you know go to war and blah 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 but also like all we have ever seen from the geth is that they are solely trying to expand like it doesn't seem like they have any real society or culture or anything. It seems like they are just intelligent life that exists for the purpose of multiplying. It does seem that way, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, well, then maybe we shouldn't talk about it right now. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, my my views on this are colored by things that we uh, will learn in future games and okay. uh, in it uh, like the next. Uh, thing that we do in this game so yeah i'm not i'm not gonna uh pretend that that i would necessarily have the same opinion if not for that context all right we'll loop Um, back but i but i will say what i will say is that this feels to me a lot like it's very similar to me to the the ethics of the the salarians and the krogan where it's Mm -hmm. like you should not have done this thing you should Mm -hmm. not have played god you should not have created an ai Mm -hmm. you should not have like a true ai just as the salarian should not have uplifted the krogan like Mm -hmm. leave it alone but once you do that once you cross that threshold i believe that you have some accountability like Mm -hmm. you like once the salarians uplifted the krogan you have some obligation to to be their caretaker like you Mm -hmm. have uh, you have an obligation to like help them integrate into society and not just be like well you're here now kill Mm -hmm. some things for us uh (laughs) and now you're on your own yeah like uh, and with the geth it's like you created life (laughs) you you did it you shouldn't have done it but like at that point you have an obligation to 
I, I don't know. I'm not a fucking, sure. you know, AI scientist or whatever. But I'm like, I feel like you have an obligation to do something about it because this is literally, you know, I, I agree with the concept of like, this is this is like you had a child and now you're responsible for the health and well-being and like nurturing of that child. Sure. But what do you, where, where does where does that go when the child is more powerful and is like destroying the rest of your family? I mean, I, you're reaping what you sow for sure. Yeah. But it's also then like, then what is your role? You know, what if what, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I know. No, it's like it's it's a good question. And in the abstract, I don't think I have a good answer. Sure. Um, yeah, no, yeah. It, my my views on it are definitely tainted by by the context that I have from yeah, absolutely. the rest of the trilogy, which I yeah. think we let's absolutely revisit this. Okay, cool. Cause yeah, these are, these are the big questions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And one, one final thing. Cause I was feeling a little spicy, I guess when I took this yeah. note, I said, Hey, show me a geth painting and I guess we can talk. Um, Oh, <laughs> Damn. Which I guess to me, art is okay, an indication of culture. Solace? I don't know, man. Anyway. Hot damn. <laughs> um, so we head to the, the Alari um, to save <laughs> or destroy the ship or whatever. Just find mm-hmm. what we can find. And immediately, bad vibes. Geth show up uh, and we find a few... Uh, recorded logs of of the final hours of the crew mm-hmm. um and it basically is like you know they, they 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 kind of sum into like oh no our experiments on the geth they have come alive and they have destroyed the ship and like that's all you learn in the very beginning it's like okay mm-hmm. that's kind of our baseline we then find a repair drone uh that tally says she sent to her father and you know you can you ask some questions of like oh do you think like this has something to do with it and she's like no i like made really sure that everything I found and sent back was like totally deactivated. Mm-hmm. No chance for it to like randomly turn on whatever I turned down or I, I turned away like really, really great finds mm-hmm. because I was worried about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then she basically tells you like there's <laughs> either either I got careless and sent something that like, you know, turned itself back on and started, mm-hmm. re, you know, re, uh, reproducing or whatever. Uh, or my father was trying to like reprogram new geth Mm -hmm. in in some way uh either way i don't like either of those options so i guess we're gonna find out what's happening uh so we move on and we find uh, a wall console uh that basically has uh some more info on it um and it uh, we come to the realization that the scientists here were trying to find a way to overcome the geth's resistance to reprogramming Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's kind of implied here that like, oh, we're trying to reprogram the Geth so that they can work for us against the Geth that mm-hmm. we had programmed to work for us. There's definitely nothing. There's <laughs> definitely. Uh, what did I say? Um, uh, oh, that was later on. Never mind. So, you know, Tally is once again just like, I fucking hate this. And I mm-hmm. hope that there's something that we find that kind of makes this right or like makes it make sense. Uh, and then. We find her father's body and she is like obviously extremely distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, they hug, which is sweet. Uh, Courtney and, and Tally hugged. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and she's like, he had to have some sort of redundant system or whatever. Like he blah, blah, blah. Trying to, you know, kind of, I guess, bargain her way out of this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like, well, if he is dead, he 
had to have known that I would be coming. So he must have left me a message. And lo and behold, he did. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells her like, hey, if you find this, I'm dead. Um, I <laughs> earlier on, Tally had said, like, if he is trying to reprogram Geth, it's because he told me that he would build me a home like on back on our homeland. And if like mm-hmm. that, if this is his way of trying to do this thing, like I don't want to, I don't want it to be like, I don't want yeah. this to be true. If this is what he's trying to do. And in this message, he says, I promised you that I would build a home in our homeland. Uh, and so this is me trying to do that. And she's like, fuck me. So he's been recreating Geth in order to try and figure out how to override them more or less. And then to make their own. And this, this is where in my notes, I said uh, to make their own army of Geth to fight their own army of Geth. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I get the logic, but geez. And then, uh, she's like, look, I understand that. And in, in that message, her father is like, or sorry, we find a different log that someone is like, Oh, Tali sent more stuff. And he's like, okay, great. Um, you know, send it to whatever bay to do whatever. And the person who's talking to her dad is like, you know, we could tell her what's going on and she could send us more useful stuff. And he's like, absolutely not. I do not want her to be involved in this in any way. I don't want her to know anything. I don't want to give anything that the board can use against her um, because, you know, this isn't really her decision. That that other quarian also suggests, like, we could tell the Admiralty board. And he's right. like, no, because that's just going to bog this down in, like, mm-hmm. red tape and politics. And and he says, I promise to build my daughter a home on the home world. I think this is actually the first time it comes up from him. Okay. And I'm not going to wait while the politicians argue there it is yeah um oh okay yeah sorry i i really conflated a whole bunch of scenes here because we find her we find her dad's body and he's you know she's sad about it and then we move on to then right. destroy the rest of the geth and then find these these uh logs yeah um and she's like look i know this like completely exonerates me mm-hmm. and stuff but like we you cannot tell the board this um, and Gortney's like, well, I mean, he's dead. What are they going to do? Exile him? And she's like, no, worse. They're going to like erase the fact that he ever existed. Any right. ship he ever served on, any any developments to the fleet that he has like contributed to, like his name will just be wiped completely from Quarian history. And I I won't let that happen. So mm-hmm. like, please, please, please don't tell the board. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, we'll see. I, I mm-hmm. guess we'll see what happens. And so then we head back to the the room. And as We're we... In- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hearing has already commenced because yes. they just decided we were already dead. Yeah. And we're like, hey, it's been like two hours. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. Um, and so we get into the room right before they're like about to call the verdict. Uh, mm-hmm. We're like, hi, we're alive. What the fuck? And uh, they're like, oh, okay, cool. Did you find any evidence? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Courtney said, well, let's go over what the options are. Yeah. First. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause you have Paragon and Renegade yes. choices of, I don't have evidence or like you're, you're wasting our time is the Renegade one there. And then there is like normal sort of dialogue options mm-hmm. of like, we have no evidence, um, which is the the Paragon one. You can give them the evidence is the <laughs> renegade option. Or there is a middle thing called yeah. rally the crowd. Yeah. So those are that's those are all of the options. And this is one of the few 
uh, loyalty missions where this matters a great deal because mm-hmm. there are several different ways this could go and you lose Tally's loyalty if she's convicted of treason sure. and you lose Tally's loyalty if she's not convicted of treason but it's because you revealed the evidence of what her father did right so it's all like it's wild to me this this is so different from any other loyalty mission and in mm. many ways like so much more compelling it's just really well done so tell me what Courtney did uh Courtney said we don't need evidence um and so she goes on this whole tirade of you know Courtney helped me take down Saren helped you know save the galaxy from the reapers for the time being she's you know uh we've she saved the alari you know we've she's done xyz for the the colony and for me and so fuck you we don't need evidence she is a good person and everything mm-hmm. she has done should prove to you that there is no way that she was involved mm-hmm. in this so um, that's the one that you like if you have enough paragon yes paragon points you can pick that one yes um i did not have enough paragon points for that sure i had enough renegade points for the renegade one it sounds like there's a but but i picked rally the crowd oh okay yeah cool so if you rally the crowd Jin is like how tally is like risked her life for you for you know with the citadel on haystrom she deserves better than this and then chorus is like well if you have no new evidence we're just going to render judgment but then the crowd starts getting worked up and vitor gathers up all of his courage and is like no shepherd's right tally saved me she doesn't deserve to be exiled cal rieger comes in he says you're pissing on everything i fought for everything tally fought for if you exile her you might as well do the same to me big dick energy we love to see it cal rieger call me (laughs) yeah (laughs) so then what happens and so tally is acquitted Wow. She is not convicted of treason. We win. We win. And we get Tally's loyalty. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then you, you can you can hang around and talk to everybody afterwards. And they're like, I'm glad that you're good. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't get exiled. You yeah. can talk to uh, Admiral Zen, who was like, seemed to have seen eye to eye the most with tally's dad of like we do Mm -hmm. need to go to war and we need to do whatever we can and she's like well bummer hopefully the person who replaces your dad will like be on my side and i am yeah so did you there's before uh the trial ends you can actually like express your opinion did you Oh, about the war. No, yeah, about the war. I did not. I I was like, uh, I I chose the pacifist option. I said, Mm. if you appreciate me, then listen, the Reapers are coming. I'm going to need your help to stop them. Please don't throw away your lives against the Geth. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, at the end, there's like this moment um, with Tally before you before you leave. And there's a dialogue option that's like, hey, listen, like you deserve better than like what your your dad did like Mm -hmm. he cared but like clearly you know not in the best way and tally i'm actually getting (laughs) emotional reading this Mm -hmm. uh tally goes i got better shepherd i got you and so at the end you say come on tally zora vas normandy let's go back to our ship and she says thank you captain um and i love it and i don't know why i'm getting so broken up about it right now (laughs) it's really sweet yeah tally's our friend she is our friend. You know? I love her very much. Yeah. 
It's a good, and it's just, this is a good fucking loyalty mission. I think it is like the gold standard of loyalty missions in this game. And I'm, I'm glad we saved it for that reason alone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. It's the best one. Uh, so then back aboard the Normandy. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't do this part because I, I was streaming and I had to oh, go because sure. I was late to go to a friend's place. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I don't have much. It's this kind yeah, of a short bit. Um, I go to talk to Tali and she just says, like, thank you. And I'm with you until the end. Uh, and I could kind of tell here that, like, they cut the conversation short because it's F Shep and you don't get the romance mm-hmm. options. But like. I could tell from like a technical standpoint, like it felt like the, they cut the conversation off halfway through her yeah. like saying it, um, <laughs> saying the sentence. And then it was like, all right, see ya. I was like, oh, OK, geez. Um, <laughs> Very so, abrupt. Yeah. But the uh, and then I went to talk to Garris, too. And he was like, I'm calibrating. Leave me alone. It's like, fuck shit. <laughs> I, I messed it up. Um, but the one that I really wanted to talk about here was Thane, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you talk to Thane and he says, I have a confession. And you say, OK. And he says, uh, basically, once I eliminated my wife's my wife's killers, I had nothing to do. So I took the Dantius contract, uh, which is where you wound up meeting him Mm. is is going after Dantius. And, you know, he says, if you hadn't shown up, I would have died. I would have killed her. And then her guards probably would have gotten me. But it would have been a good death. And you say, okay. And he says, but someone was pushing me to reach the target, forcing me to move, (laughs) forcing me to move faster, challenging me. Um, and you're like, you got there because I was hurting your pride. Like I was going too fast. Um, and then he says, pride is the line between a professional and a thug, (laughs) which I just, sure. Um, Mm -hmm. he says, uh, but you know, since you found me and you pushed me, uh, I got to meet my son again, which means I can leave my body in peace. Mm. And it's, uh, I I think I chose, uh, like, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Like, I'm glad that you're, you're here with us, Thane. Um, mm-hmm. and I, cause I am, I love Thane. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So that's, that's basically that whole conversation, but it's just really nice. I, I like getting to know my crew members and I wish that's, I don't know. I, I, I know we said earlier on in the season that like how front loaded these conversations are with like characterization and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I think is really good and a really good way to get you immediately interested and like feeling like, you know, these characters. Mm hmm. But it's kind of a double edged sword because like you find out all this stuff in like two, three conversations, maybe. And then you spend so much time with them being like, mm-hmm. I'm doing something else. Don't talk to me. Right. It, it And it feels a lot more seamless for characters who you get later in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a little bit less downtime with someone like Thane, say. Yeah, but with Garrus, Thane's felt really good. Yeah. Yeah, with Garrus, it feels really fucking noticeable Mm -hmm. because he's one of the first squad mates you get, but his uh, loyalty mission is one of the last triggered. Mm -hmm. And yeah, apparently in the development of the game, it was originally intended that you would be able to recruit squad mates in any order. Mm. And that was eventually modified just because that's it's just too many variables variables for them to account for. Interesting. And so they were like, okay, let's put it on this path. But um, Hmm. I think that probably has something to do with how it ended up being a little bit awkward and a little bit clumsy, Hmm. um, you know, with things like Garrus calibrating forever. Mm -hmm. I think that the process of of replaying this game has made me realize 
um, like for the first time that it in many ways, I think it might be the weakest Mass Effect game, which is <gasps> is a really controversial take, I think, in, in wow. most parts. Um, although I, I've, I've seen a huge range of opinions on it in uh, our discord. So sure. it's, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people are going to be like, yes, yes. <laughs> but um, I always felt like I, I really loved Mass Effect 2. Um, probably I think it was my favorite. Mm. And now the more that we play it, the more I'm like, it's a good bridge between one and three. And there's Mm. a lot of really good improvements in terms of just like gameplay and stuff and quality of life. But Mm. at the end of the day, I think that the disjointed nature of these 12 stories and the way that um, they're sort of fed to you and in like an uneven pattern um, does work against the the game in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. Yeah, And it just, it just made me cry five minutes ago so, right you know. <laughs> yeah and i, I don't want to get too backseat game designy but i feel yeah. like there is a way that we could have connected all of these loyalty missions back to cerberus in some way mm-hmm. um like i think the cerberus connections in jacks are really interesting i think the cerberus connections in i mean miranda's obviously are really interesting you know i, th- I think if if we could that could have been kind of a, a through line between all these missions or just it's, some thematic through line, just some even, thematic through because yeah. it seems like, you know, Shepard is like the only constant in these missions mm-hmm. and like Shepard doesn't always add a whole lot, right. uh, uh, you know, narratively or thematically or whatever. But but anyway, that's just my quick, <laughs> you know, quick mm-hmm. thought on that. Interesting take, though. Hot take, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, I'm, ch- I'm chewing on it. I think it's it's interesting because like in many like. It's it, it in some ways it feels like the game that is probably that probably stands alone the best mm. in a weird way. But in terms of like, I don't know, I don't know. I'll think about this for the rest of my life. <laughs> I think in <laughs> retrospect, I think the character stories and stuff are really great to look back on. But you mm-hmm. for, you forget about all of the calibrating that you have to do. Yeah, that stuff. and but, I and again, I think it's like the there is absolutely a lot of context that gets like like when you're looking at the trilogy as a whole yeah i think mass effect 2 is like yeah maybe it's the opposite of what i said where like as a standalone (laughs) game i don't know but i don't know so like this is uh, like widely regarded as such a good game and it Mm. is Mm. yeah i don't know Mm. there's a lot of uh complex feelings about it i guess it's just like there are some things that it's doing really really well Mm -hmm. um and some things that could have been a little bit smoother that i i suspect is you know just the limitations of having a finite amount of resources and time to make a game yeah i i i hate to keep using this as kind of my my like point of reference for like writing and stuff but like Morden is a character who you get pretty early on mm-hmm. and you do his loyalty mission, you know, you can do it pretty early. But all the times you go back to Morden, yeah, that's he true. is busy doing stuff. But every time you talk to him, he has like four to five additional like, no, I can't talk right now because I'm doing X silly thing or whatever. That's a really good point, AJ. And it's just, I guess, I, I think it might, that stuff might just come down to it's like, you know, a time or money thing. You know, we we can't afford to have this person record 10 more lines of dialogue or record somebody to you know write and edit 10 more lines Mm -hmm. of dialogue just you know real world resource reasons yeah Um, so but but it it is like it does raise so many questions about like the uneven nature of it right where like you get all of those for for morden but not for garris yeah 
and it, it feels more natural that you would have more dialogue for Garrus, right. considering that he is like your buddy from the previous game. Like, it makes sense to me that like Jacob would keep me at arm's length. Mm-hmm. Miranda would keep it. And I know we've talked about like there are character reasons why Garrus is also doing the same. Yeah. But like, it's very strange that it is you know, the same the one, one line, line over and yeah. over. And I still will never get over the fact that you can't talk to him about uh, what happens on horizon. Yeah. That is like so wild to me Yeah, <laughs> to be like, you see this shit <laughs> the way that you would with any friend in the same friend. Yeah. Group after. Yeah. yeah. It, it just feels especially egregious with Garrus specifically. Like I yeah. feel like after every mission, Garrus should have something new to say. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's but, such a shame, too, because like like we talked about, his dialogue is so good. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. anyway, we could wax for another 45 minutes about how you know, much we love talking to Garrus. <laughs> but I think uh, all of this being said, we should start to wrap up the episode now. OK. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. As always, uh, if you like us rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify whatever you listen to us on uh tell a friend uh that's really the best way to help the show grow you know tweet us tweet about us retweet our stuff you know that that stuff all helps as well but really hey as long as you're enjoying the show you don't have to do any of that stuff we really appreciate you listening for any reason uh if you'd like to follow the show on twitter it's at async pod if you like the art that is by scout wilkinson links to all of her stuff is in the show notes if you like the music links to all of amaranthan's stuff is also in the show notes and just another reminder about a month ago he released another little album called cool jams it's really good you should check it out if you would like to join our community discord uh you can go to the worstgarbage.online that link is at the bottom of the show notes if you would like to follow me on twitter my name on there is at aj valeri (laughs) I'm at Okimis. If you want to follow me on Twitch, it is also Okimis. Uh, still streaming Mass Effect. <laughs> Great. Fun times. Uh, yeah. And I guess just like if you ever have any thoughts or feelings about the show, please feel free to say something on Discord or tweet at us. Uh, DM us. I think our DMs are open. Um, yeah, we I, we would just love to hear your thoughts. So please let us know anything you feel about the show ever. As long as... Um, you're going to be nice to me specifically. Yes. Yeah. Don't be mean to Kim. Please don't be mean to Kim. <laughs> I'm um, very sensitive. <laughs> I believe you can also email us at asyncpod at gmail.com. I believe that's oh, our email. Yeah, we do have an email. Um, so if you want to send us a, a long winded thing about, you know, how many fingers Garrus has or something. I don't fucking know. I, that was just the first thing that came to my head. Uh, you can do that there. But uh, while you type up that message, Kim, what are our final words for today? Keep in mind. We must carry the weight of our decisions. So, Cal Rieger, please decide to call me. Goodbye, (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. TWG, the worst garbage, the online.